Ho and Merry Christmas from your friends at the Cinematic Adventures podcast. How's that for an intro? I said, as they go, that's one of them. That's certainly an intro that exists. Uh, I'm Daniel and I'm from the future. <sighs> Sad. I'm JP <laughs> and I'm from Normalville, otherwise known as Los Angeles. And that's the joke. It's a long, long joke. <laughs> um, and Today, because it's Christmas time. What? Uh, what's that you're doing? Uh, I, my friends say it's not singing and more like two cats fighting in an alley. Okay. <laughs> um, since it's Christmas time, we're going to talk about Christmas movies. So, Jackie, and what even is a Christmas movie anyway? Gremlins and Die Hard and Eyes Wide Shut are not freaking Christmas movies. I can get Gremlins, but why Eyes Wide Shut? Why is that even considered a Christmas movie? Why are any of them considered Christmas movies? The only reason that people want to say that those films are Christmas movies is because they take place at Christmas time. And also, they want to be edgy. And they don't want to have the whole snow and Christmas spirit and Santa stuff shoved down their throat for... uh, And also, they like pissing people like me off. Oh, that's true. They also are trolls. There's also that. Like... I I was debating what makes a Christmas movie, and I'm like, I don't know, Santa Claus, snow, Christmas presents, stuff like that. And my, uh, for example, Great Escape, I watch over Christmas all the time. But like, that's not a Christmas movie. That's just a movie I watch because I'm with family, and all my family is British. Um, so there's that. There is that. So, so we're going to talk about Christmas movies in the traditional sense. Fucking snow, Santa Claus, Christmas presents, family. All that bullshit. All of the happiness. Yeah. All the happiness um, to, um, to help with our miserable lives. Yeah. Or make it more miserable. Whatever. Um, okay. So we're going to do this. In, of course, we're going to have separate views because I am going to talk about my favorite Christmas films. Daniel is going to talk about his favorite Santa versions. Yeah, because I'm a character guy, and also I haven't seen all the classic Christmas movies, but do you know how much movies have Santa Claus in them? Almost all of them. Well, I would suggest maybe not, because you haven't seen a lot of Christmas movies. Yeah. Um, So we're going to do your list first. Uh, Okay. So, first list, uh, first uh, movie on the list, I think, uh, is a pretty good Christmas movie, and the only Will Ferrell movie that I like. Uh, it's, oh, wait, I like Megamind. Uh, I'll, I'll work on that. Bold statement. Uh, it's Elf. I love Elf. Um, like, all the bullshit that uh, Will Ferrell does in all of his movies works in this one, even though he doesn't change at all as, a, as, um, as his character archetype. It works here because he's a fucking Elf. Okay. Yeah, I, I really like Elf. Uh, have you, you've seen it, I assume. I have, and I didn't necessarily like it. I mean, it's a movie. But it's you know, definitely a movie. Um, yeah. So the funny thing is, I love Will Ferrell and most of his movies. I don't like Elf. I so hate most of his movies. I think his um his character archetype is exactly the same in Elf as it is in literally everything he's ever done. But it works here and it works in Mega Mind. I think he's in 
he is in Mega Mind. Okay, cool. I, it works in those two movies, and it doesn't work anywhere else. And I, I, it's very sweet. It's he's just so excited for Christmas to happen, and uh, because he's an elf and he's um, earnest and honest and and sweet, he's in this new environment where, which is um, very cynical and corporate. Uh, so yeah, I like I like elf a lot, and the cynicals in this is. Uh, it's it's pretty basic as far as Santa Clauses go, but I like the fact that um, the sleigh has to run on like fuel because it can't run on Christmas cheer anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's goofy. <laughs> it's definitely goofy. Um, I don't know why. I like, it just didn't me when I watched it. I was like, "This is stupid," which is amazing because it's a Christmas movie. All Christmas movies are stupid. There's my point. To, but I don't know. It just it didn't work for me. Um, I like when he's in the mall and he's and it like he doesn't have magic powers because he's a human, but he can still like decorate really quickly and was living off mainly fudge. Mm-hmm. So like he would have died, and he's also not that fast, but he's also super fast compared to humans. Nifty. Um, I, I like I like when he thinks that Santa Claus is going to be at the mall, and he's like, Ah, Santa! This is great! I love everything. So basically, you love the meme. It's, yeah, but I I love the his, his character fits so well in the spirit of Christmas. He's like, yeah, I'm like very excited for Christmas to happen. And everyone around him is like, dude, relax. It's just Christmas. And I saw it when I was eight, which probably helps. Uh, but like, I like how joyful he is about Christmas and how fun he likes. He wants Christmas to be. Okay. What's uh, next on the list? Uh, <clears throat> ne- next on the list is um, the Rise of the Guardians. Wait, Rise of the- you consider that? Are you talking about the Go? Oh no, I'm thinking of something else. Never mind. Are you thinking of Alzagahul? I was, but yeah, I remembered what you're talking about. Never mind. It the card so, used to, fill, but I get what you're talking about. Okay, never mind. Yeah, so Legend of the Guardians: The Alzagahul is a really cool owl movie. So Rise of the Guardians is about like the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and Sandman all teaming up to save children through the power of belief or something and Jack Frost is the main guy and no one believes in Jack Frost because look at him. Um, and oh, I believe in Chris Pine. Um, you would <laughs> like this movie just because the, the Easter Bunny is an Australian. That's not why but it doesn't hurt. I like the um, I like the, the 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 switching of tropes, like making uh, Santa Claus a tough Russian and the uh, Easter Bunny huge and angry. <laughs> and I like that they are basically saving Christmas or saving kids through the power of um, their holidays. <laughs> Indeed, they're saving kids' imagination. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, that that'll be an important theme on another one that I talk about. But in this one, it's like it's all of them teaming up together to help kids. And Jack Frost is like, I don't. People didn't believe in me. Everything sucks. I suck. It's so bad. And it's like I get it. I get the message here. It's for nine year olds. But like the visuals and the way that it's done and all the characters, I like. I like everything that happened in this, even if it is pretty basic. Cool. Um, okay. So, what else is on your list? So, um, speaking of pretty basic, the Christmas Chronicles, which you hate because it's bad. It's really bad. 
story's bad. Everything about this is bad. But you didn't know what isn't bad. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell is Santa. And like the the entire movie is like, oh, this sucks. And then Kurt Russell shows up as Santa Claus and he's like, hey, I'm Santa. Look at my look at how cool I am. And I'm like, you are cool. Everything about you was cool. And I'm in. And instead of hating this movie like I did for 95% of it, I'm like, yeah, Kurt Russell as Santa Claus, you rock so hard. <sighs> Utter a disappointment. He's just so sweet and kind and funny. Everything about this movie rules. I forget what happened in most of it. I think the kids suck and the story's a bit lame. But Kurt Russell as Santa Claus is great. And the only reason that I made it so that it was the uh, best Santa Clauses instead of best movie overall isn't because I love Santa Claus, but it's because I wanted to include this movie and the rest of the movie is so bad. So your entire reason for only doing best Santa Claus as opposed to best movie is because you wanted to talk about a shitty movie that you knew was a shit movie, but you liked their version of Santa Claus. Yeah. Kurt Russell as Santa. It's just so great. I would have talked about it anyway. Disappointment through the air? Like, is it coming through? Not really. I'm too happy because I'm looking at Santa Claus, Kurt Russell, Santa Claus. Kurt Russell, Santa Claus is so great. He sings, um, he sings uh, Christmas rock songs in jail and is like just dicking around because he's like, I, I have complete control of the situation. It's fine. There you go with that fine again. It's, I, I love, I love Kurt Russell as Santa. It's just so great. You and love every, Kurt Russell. I love Kurt Russell in everything he's ever done, even the bad ones. I mean, clearly. Uh, you literally changed this entire list around just so you can include... You know you could have just done an honorable mentions. I could have. Oh, well. Yeah. I can't, but don't you, worry. The rest of these movies are great. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so let's get on with the greatness because this one was crap. But yeah, go ahead. You're mean. I'm honest. So am I. Hell, you yourself admitted it was a crap movie. I'm so honest that I'm like, I can't put this on a best Christmas movies list, but instead changed my list entirely so that I could put it on. Next. <laughs> uh, fine. Miracle on 34th Street. Which version? There are multiple. There are? The, the uh, well, classic one. At least two. The classic? Okay. Yeah. The um, John Payne one from the 60s, I think. Cool. 40s. And 40s. Like Holy shit. Yeah, it's from the forties. Um, it's not. They colorized it, which makes it feel like it's from the sixties when you watch that version. But it's actually from the forties. Okay. Um, usually, I don't like colorization, but I, in this one, it worked. I guess for the most part. Oh wait, you've uh, only seen the colorized version? No, I've seen both. But I. Oh, okay. But the, it's just so good, and I prefer the the colorized version of this because I know it's just done well. Um, also, the poster for this is real bad. And do you know why the poster is really bad? You're going to love this. It was released in July. I think it was released in July. It wasn't released over Christmas is the point. And because it was released in, um, not over Christmas, they didn't want to sell it as a Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. And so it failed completely because all the trailers for this movie were people coming out of the movie going, it's great, right? 
that's the all the trailers the marketing for this movie is a was atrocious so they had like your two big stars and their faces facing each other and they had santa claus and the little girl at the back he's not dressed as santa he's dressed in a suit so they wanted to just hide the fact that this was a christmas movie so that they could put it out before christmas what it's just so weird um so what is it that you like about this movie I like the characters, the four main characters. I like the uh, the mother is trying to force the little girl to grow up, which is a trope. Um, but I think it's a trope that started around here. Uh, and the the rest of it is this all the characters. You've seen it, I assume. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, so all the characters uh, have a great dynamic. And I love the Santa Claus in this because... He's he's just so chill, uh, and but he's like worried about it, and the fact that he's a mall center as well, and he's like, and he, um, he, t- he tells parents where to buy toys cheaper. Yeah, which is very funny, um, because it works, and because it works, uh, everyone around. All the cynical bastards around him are like, we got to do it this way because it works. And so he basically changes the way that these all these stores do business um, <laughs> being nice about it. And I like the fact that um, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know how this would work, but it's a miracle. So I guess it's fine that the... Um, that everyone is like, no one wants Santa Claus to go to, um, to be locked up um, because, and they have to run a publicity stunt. And the, the, um, the Santa Claus is just so earnest and sweet and helps this family um, be better people. And the, the story around him, uh, it, just, it just works so well because it fits in with the American cynicism and just his earnestness. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, I I like this movie. This is congratulations. You came up with an actual movie, and I actually like it. Um, <clears throat> and I like the Santa Claus because he's a jolly old elf in this film. Um, but what I identified with the most was the little girl, probably because when I saw this movie, I was a little girl. Um, I all well, I was like her in that I knew that Santa Claus wasn't real. I was not raised believing in the myth of Santa Claus. So um, so I liked her because she reminded me of me. Where, like, if I were presented with a person who was really Santa Claus, I'd be like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, like, I know the drill. <laughs> so I liked her. They do and that thing was, where, they, where she tongues on, be- on his beard. Yeah, but and it's real. Because she, she, she grew up knowing that the mall Santa Clauses are just men who are hired. They're given a beard that looks real but it's not a real beard. Everything about him is fake. She knows the whole thing is fake. The presents come from her mom. And I like how at the end, the magical element is he actually is real. So that's cool. Yeah. And she gets thoughts and she, she does exactly what I would have done at that age. Like, okay, you want to prove that you're a real Santa Claus? Fine. I'm going to give you the most impossible task. And then you're going to, I'm going to give you the most impossible task. And then when you don't get it done, I'll know that you're a fake. But then she actually gets it at the very end of the movie. So it's like, oh, he is real. Uh, he's either real or rich. And that's the thing. We don't actually know if he's real or not. But what we do know 
is that he's a, he's either Santa Claus or he's a very sweet, rich you old man. You're talking about American cynicism. He's real, damn it. He's a real <laughs> Santa. That's why the, he wins the race, because he's real. And that's why he gets her the house and the family, because he's actually Santa. <laughs> I, I think it's very sweet. I love this movie. Um, I think it's more open-ended than he than you're thinking it is. It's open-ended. He's what is wrong with you? I'm Do very you have I know that he's real in the movie, not like in real life, but in the movie, Santa is real. He Chris Kringle is actually Santa. There. Alright. <laughs> open-ended. Open-ended my eye. He's Santa. <laughs> uh, okay. fair enough. Your next movie. Uh, my final movie, the best movie. Okay. Uh, uh, so I, I, I need to explain context first because you know what this movie is. I've told you. But the, the thing is that you think that it's weird. It better not be because, because it's weird, you think that I like it because it's weird. But, I, but that's not just it. It is mainly it. But uh, Discworld is a series of books that's extremely popular. It's basically on Harry Potter's level. Uh, where everyone Are you loves talk about Sherlock Holmes. No, so here's the thing Discworld. Stop, I need to explain this. Discworld is a series of books, um, where the entire story, the entire world is raised on belief. The, the premise of Terry Pratchett's books is that because the whole setup of this stupid world is insane, right? It's a flat world on top of four elephants, on top of a giant turtle. And his, the premise is that because things are weird, that the only way that this world even works is through uh, belief and magic, right? So he's written 26, 27 books before he died, around that number, and one of them is a Christmas book. So he wrote The Hogfather. The Hogfather. For fuck's sake. So I listen. totally to this. So listen, Hogfather is great, right? Because the, the whole world is run on belief. So kids need to learn how to believe in stuff, right? It, um, there's a great speech at the end uh, with um, where uh, the, where, so the Grim Reaper plays Santa Claus because Santa Claus, the Hogfather, has been kidnapped by the bad guys in order to try and destroy hope and belief and if you can stop kids from believing in the hog father then they believe then they'll not believe in bigger stuff like in bigger lies like mercy and uh, fairness wait, wait. what the hell is the hog father is the hog father supposed to be santa the hog father is santa claus it's the Discworld's version of santa claus he delivers presents and he gets like meat as part of uh instead of milk and cookies all right it's great he's basically a pig uh oh that is um that's Santa Claus. And the, the Grim Reaper is like, wait, someone's kidnapped a hog father? I can't be having this, but I can't get involved because I'm the Grim Reaper. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be Santa Claus while you guys sort it out. So Death's granddaughter, Susan, she goes and rescues the... sentence you hear every day. Uh, so the De Death's granddaughter, Susan, uh, this, is, this is my favourite Christmas movie. Uh, Death's granddaughter, Susan, goes and uses her powers to find and rescue the Hogfather, and that's going to take all night. Uh, so in the meantime, um, the Grim Reaper has to go and rescue 
has to basically become Santa Claus. So he does all the Santa Claus thing. He goes to a mall and becomes a mall Santa. Uh, and while the hog father is, uh, when he does it, he gives them like tokens and gifts. Uh, the, uh, the Grim Reaper is like, well, she wanted an axe. So I gave her an axe. What do you want from me? And her father is like, you can't just give her an axe. She's nine. It's like, eh, it'll be fine. It's educational. It's very funny. Um, and one of the, so it's great. Um, but he becomes more and more like Santa Claus. My favorite scene in it is when this little boy who's like five or four is dying. And so he's doing his Grim Reaper thing. But then he's like, I have the power of the hog father. So instead of killing him tonight, I will give him uh, the gift of more life, which is what the hog father can. So he, death, gives this little kid, uh, I think, one more day of life so that he can enjoy Christmas before he dies. So it's like very bittersweet. It's, it's fantastic. I love this movie a lot. And I refuse to let you judge it until you've seen it. Isn't that a TV show, though? It's uh, a TV special. Yeah, so it's not an actual movie. It is a movie. It's a TV movie. It's not, it's not just theatrical movies. It's a TV movie. Okay. Yeah, so I love it a lot. Um, and I, I love the... Um, also, the voice acting for the Grim Reaper is great because he has, like, this big, booming voice that is very powerful, but he says funny shit all the time. And his elf is a cynical old man who's like, why are we doing this Santa shit? You're the Grim Reaper. Um, and there's this other character which is called the Death of Rats because all the rats keep dying because everyone kills rats. And, and, he's just, and he's chasing around all of these rats for years. And he's like, fuck this noise. So he took a rat and made it the, the um, Grim Reaper rat. So it's a tiny rat with a hood and a scythe. And so he, that rat is dealing with the Death of Rats um, so that he doesn't have to. And... Um, oh. Death rides a giant white horse uh, and is just like, and it's ve a very pretty horse. This is a funny fucking movie and a great um, book series as well. Both those things. It's hilarious. It's fun. It's got great characters. It's got a fantastic story. It's got a great setup. It's got great world building. It's brilliant. It's is it now? It's also what? Bonkers. As are you. Uh-huh. I love this movie a lot. And like, while everything else is traditional and stuff, this is still like following traditional uh, Christmas stories. But like the fact that it's the Grim Reaper doing all this and he's just like, fine, fine, just relax everyone, I got this. And then he's just also like the Grim Reaper. So he's terrifying and no one noticed because he's wearing a Santa hat is hilarious. Okay. I love this movie. It's so weird, so British, and so Christmassy. All right, then. And that, was that the end of your list? Uh, yep. Do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, sure. Um, I saw the Wiggles Christmas special, Wiggly Wiggly Christmas, every year for uh, about nine years. And even though I haven't seen it in about a decade, I still know every song and all of the things about that movie because I saw it all the time. Well, I mean, um, that makes sense because you're, what, eight? Yeah, I was eight. Um, and then... No, I said R. <laughs> okay. And then I saw um, uh, other honorable mentions. Uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol 
and the Muppets Christmas Carol. So you're like legitimately like nine years old. I'm legitimately nine years So here's the thing about Christmas. I don't care about Christmas as an adult. I don't. I don't give a shit. The reason that I like Christmas is because it makes me feel like a kid. So I saw, so I saw kids movies, right? I, and when I saw kids movies at Christmas, I saw Christmas kids movies. So I prefer those ones because all the, all the adult Christmas movies are like about the same shit. And uh, with Christmas movies for kids, they're like, we can just be weird and magic because they're for nine-year-olds. And yet you think there's some kind of world in which he's not Santa. No, so Miracle on 34th Street, I was just saying, left it open-ended. But no. obviously he's Santa Claus. No, it, there's no open-ending. He's Santa. Fine. Shh. It's he's like great. you watched a kid, but somehow as an adult at the same time, I don't even know how that's possible. Well, I saw it last year. Well, that explains it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Miracle on no. 34th Street is great. I think it's the best one. Uh, Hogfather is my favorite. Rise of the Guardians is very cool. Elf is funny. And Christmas Chronicles is terrible, but has Kurt Russell in it. So that's my list. Is your favorite. I love Hogfather. Which, he said Miracle on 34th Street is the best. Uh-huh. Christmas Chronicles is crap. And what did you say about Rise of the Guardians and Elf? Uh, funny and cool. Oh, funny and cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I'm wondering if you've seen any of the movies that are going to be on my list. I'm also wondering that because I'm betting not. And that's just entirely sad. And you should remedy that immediately. I will. If you had, if you lived in the U.S., you could watch all of them for free. I know. I know, but I'd would... rather have free healthcare. You're such a bastard. <laughs> You're so wrong. You know that's a spot of contention, and you just you push the button, and you just keep pushing the button. Anyway, my list is not a list of favorite Santas. In fact, Santa's not even in some of these movies. Um, <clears throat> my actually, yeah, there's no list in any. There's no Santa in any of these movies. Um, nope, I take that back. In my honorable mentions, there's a Santa. Um, my list is actually my favorite Christmas movies. Um, <clears throat> my I have one movie that is my absolute favorite, but I don't know why, but it just is. Um, but I will get to that later. One, so you started with your movie that you think is the funniest. My movie that I think is the funniest is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I, so with National Lampoon's, is it like the same series or is it a company that does it? Yes. Because there's tons of National Lampoon's movies, and I don't know yeah. where to start with them. Um, so basically, yes. Um, National Lampoon's... Started started with National Lampoon's Vacation, in which you follow this family on a vacation adventure starring Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo. And they have two kids, one named Russ, one named, um, oh shit, what's the other kid's name? Um, crap, I can't remember the daughter's name now. I'm still talking about the movie. I can't remember the daughter's name. Um, anyway, um, the funny thing about it is there are a bunch of movies for the, the, um, the Griswold family. And... Russ and the daughter change places as to which one is older in the movies. It's kind of funny. Because in National Lampoon's Vacation, Russ was the oldest and the daughter was younger. And in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, it's flipped to where, um, to where Russ is younger and the daughter's older. I really have to see, remember the name of the daughter because it's actually starting to bug me out. Audrey, that's her name. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, um, so yeah, so... 
in the series, in the vacation series, it is like it's just a story. So, or not a story, but like it's a, like a series of movies with them. But then there are other movies that come out under the National Lampoon's like moniker because like there are a couple of Ryan Reynolds movies with National Lampoon's in the title, and that has nothing to do with the Griswolds, obviously. So, um, so that's why I said yes. So it's both. It's it's a series. It's a, like a film series, but then it's also like just a overarching like studio name kind of thing. Anywho, um, <clears throat> so to me, that's the funniest one because it talks about um, or not talks about, but like it's it's just it's American humor. So basically, you know, stuff you would hate. Mm, probably. Uh, I oh. prefer British humor. British humor is my favorite. Well, yeah. Um, but this is like, it's, you know, like slapstick general American comedy. And saw it as a little, well, well I was a little kid. Came out in 1989, so I was 11. Um, but I thought it was hilarious. Um, the next movie is A Christmas Story, which also classic are you not gonna watch a Christmas story? You gotta watch a Christmas story. Um, Christmas story is awesome. It's um, have you seen or heard of a Christmas story? I've heard of it. I didn't see it because it looked bad. What? I didn't like the um, the trailers for it. Clearly, what? I was wrong. I... But I haven't seen it, so I can't judge it. <sighs> what did you not like about the trailers for? What did you? What made you think it looked bad? I don't know the vibe it just looked like extremely cynical and like look we're, we're being anti-christmas look at all of these christmas movies that you've seen we're just like we're gonna do the opposite of that we're gonna be cynical and make it all tragic and stupid wait are we Is talking about the same movie are you sure yeah. you're talking about christmas story uh i don't know like i said i haven't seen it okay but what vibe. what happened in the trailers i can't remember I just saw the trailers uh, like a few years ago. I'm like, I'm not watching that. I didn't get. Oh, for fuck's sake! A Christmas Story is a classic. It's so classic that what that a tradition is to watch it on Christmas Eve, specifically because TBS. I think it's TBS and TNT now, but it but every year TBS does 24 hours of a Christmas Story. We're starting at 8 p.m. Christmas Eve and going until 8 p.m. Christmas Day. A Christmas story plays nonstop. It goes off, it comes right back. It goes off, it comes right back. So you can jump in at any time and watch a Christmas story on Christmas Eve. Like Christmas okay. Eve to Christmas. Um, it is classic. It's iconic. This is one that I saw as a kid and I loved it. It also might be a bit American, but it's not cynical at all. All right. And it's not like Christmas. It's, it's embracing Christmas. Um, the only thing, the only thing that could be considered like cynical or it, it, like I said, it's in no way anti-Christmas because it's literally called a Christmas story. Um, but the only thing that could be considered cynical is the whole you'll shoot your eye out thing. But that's really just a joke. Um, I can't believe you haven't seen this. I just, I can't. Oh man. It, you gotta watch it. It's, it's classic. Oh, like, okay, so I'm having a hard time because I want to talk about it, but you haven't talk seen it. Talk about it. Spoiler, no, I don't care. It, uh, okay, so it's about a little boy named Ralphie, and it takes place, I want to say, in, like, the 60s, and um, it's about he and his family going through the Christmas season. Hang on. 
Um, it's about he and his family going through the Christmas season, and they, um, he and his, and I'm sorry. Okay, so it's about Ralphie and his little brother and his, and his um, mom and dad, and it's about all the things that you do with your family at Christmas time that are they're fun and also a pain in the ass. And it's just like, it's a little slice of Americana. It's just a slice of life just shows you, here's what happens to the typical family at Christmas time. And sometimes things don't work out, but it's okay because it's still Christmas and there you go. And you probably shouldn't get a Red Rider BB gun for Christmas because you'll shit your eye out. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know why a BB gun is a great Christmas gift, but you know, it's what he wants. Indeed. So, um... It's but the the part the thing that makes it so good is the way the story is told. So you're watching the story of what happened in the '60s from the perspective of a grown man in the '80s. So it's like a look back on his childhood, and it's it's completely ridiculous. But that's the point. I guess if you're going to be remembering stuff that happened to your in, in your childhood, and you're telling it presumably to your kids. Um, that you exaggerate some things. We have no idea who he's telling the story to. It's just him recalling a story from his life, from when he was younger. It's literally just him telling, because he's, unlike The Princess Bride, where we see the person doing the the narrating and who he's talking to, we just get the beginning of the story. He just starts telling us the story. Okay, that makes sense. And then at the end, he finishes telling the story. And then we see his Christmas day. And that was it. But it's it's still like it's a hilarious commentary on like the inner workings of a little boy at Christmas time. So okay, that makes sense. Well, hey, what were you gonna say? It, um, the kid reminds me of um of uh, Home Alone, Kevin from Home Alone. How? I don't know. No, he, he doesn't remind me of Kevin. He reminds me of one of his brothers. Okay. He just I looks like see- one of his brothers. Sure. Don't see that at all, but okay. <clears throat> Whatever, doesn't matter. Um, what's next? The Bishop's Wife. It's oh. a movie that doesn't get a lot of, it's not, like, it doesn't get a lot of praise. A lot of people don't talk about it, but um, it's a really good, feel-good story. Have you seen it? Uh, no, I haven't seen any movie. Ever. Um, have you heard of it? No. Of course not. Um it takes place in the 40s. It stars Cary Grant, David Niven, and I want to say Deborah Kerr. Um, and it, Cary Grant, it, uh, Loretta Young. Oh, Loretta Young. Yes. Okay. It's not Deborah Kerr. But it, and, uh, and David Niven. And um, so just to go through the story really quick, um, <sighs> David Niven is a bishop, and it's around Christmas time, and he wants to be able to spend time with his family but he is in the process of trying to fundraise to create a, um, a cathedral for his parish. And he's having a hard time coming up with the money. And so he prays and asks God for help. And he is sent an angel and the angel is Cary Grant. And it is a look at what happens if an angel is sent to help you goes rogue and falls in love with your wife. And, and especially when that angel is as charming as Cary Grant, like hijinks and Sue. And that is uh, the Bishop's wife. <laughs> That's why it's called the Bishop's wife because the angel is supposed to be there to help 
the best, you know, Cary Grant's supposed to be able, there to help David Niven, and he does, and then he kind of helps himself to already Young. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, who can resist Cary Grant? Freaking Cary Grant! I mean, that's fair. Yeah. So uh, it's fun, and a lot of cool things happen, and you get to see the movie. You're just kind of watching it, so you don't really get to see. You don't see it through the perspective of anyone. But um, you're kind of taken on the journey with the bishop's wife. So if you have the perspective of anyone, it's through the wife. Um, mm, but that explains the title. Indeed. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it's good. I can't wait to see it. I can't, I can't find it online, so I'll order the DVD. Oh, see, that's that Australian thing again. Because I'm yeah, pretty that's sure. Why I haven't seen anything because nothing's online. Yeah, because it's a, like usually out here that starts coming around at Christmas time. Like um, our uh, classic movie channels will play it. Hmm, maybe I'll it's a classic movie. It's a classic Christmas movie. I'll check Foxtel for it, but I don't think it'll be there. Uh, uh, it's not going to be here. No, of course not. Um, so my absolute favorite Christmas movie is Christmas in Connecticut. Have you seen that one? I uh, no, I've heard of it though. You have heard of it. Well, that's better. Um, it, too, takes place in the 40s. It takes place right around uh, during World War II, actually. Um, the main character is Elizabeth Lane, and she is a woman who is living on her own, who is a writer, and she writes in a, um, in a magazine. She writes an article um, about... Basically, she's like a Martha Stewart kind, where she like tells women how to how to cook, and she gives recipes, and then she writes about her life on her farm and all of this yada yada, and it's all bullshit. She lives in New York City by herself in an apartment, and she has no kids. She's not married. She doesn't even know how to cook, and all <laughs> of her recipes she gets from her uncle, um, who is who's a chef. He gives her the recipes and tells her the breakdown. And then she's just a creative writer and she just makes everything else up. Um, but back then, everybody, like it was before the cynical turn happened in the U.S. So people actually believed what they read. And um, a magazine that would put out something like that would have a reputation for this being real. So people were picturing like this little old lady who's a cook and you would assume that she's real. But really, it's the persona that she's made up. So um, the, the high um, too, because she's so she's got this article that she's put out, and then um, there's a soldier that well, there are two soldiers that are on a boat and they're fighting in World War Two. They the Germans sink their boat and they're out on a raft for 18 days with no food. They survive um, during their recovery. One of the soldiers doesn't like um so one of the they had rations and one of the soldiers gave the other one his rations because the rations taste nasty and he didn't want them um and so this whole time he's like dreaming of food and when they get rescued he's not allowed to eat because he went too long without food so he's just he's got to like build up his immune system or his tolerance to eating so they make him basically just drink milk and then like they give him like an egg or some shit but not even a cooked egg like a raw egg and so he's he like really wants to eat and he's like dreaming of these like seven course meals that Elizabeth Lane is writing about in her magazines. And um, he asked another soldier like, hey, 
how come you get to eat good food and I'm stuck drinking freaking milk every day? And the other soldier was like, you got to make her think that you're, that you're in love with her and then she'll give you anything you want. So he does, but he had to go so far that he damn near became engaged to her. Even though he never said he wanted to be engaged to her, he had to make her think that he was willing to. And so she gets it in her head that, okay, I could marry him if he just saw what a fa- what family life was like because he never had a real family. And so he gets discharged and he thinks he's done. And she decides to call, or she decides to write a letter to the guy who owns the publication, Yardley, and convince him to use his wealth and power to convince the military to give the guy leave and to convince Elizabeth, Sloan, Elizabeth Lane to allow the, um, the soldier to stay on his farm so he can experience family life and then he'll want to marry her. So she sets all this up. Only problem is Elizabeth Lane's been lying. She doesn't have a farm. She doesn't have a husband. She doesn't have a kid. So from that point, hijinks ensue. And, and the movie is cute. Okay. I, I have it on Google Movies now. Okay. So I can, so you can either watch, I, I can watch uh, Christmas in Connecticut or A Christmas Story. Both of them are on Google Movies. Why either or? Um, I don't have the time to watch both of them today. So which should I watch? Oh. Um... I'll leave that up to you because I, Christmas in Connecticut is my favorite. Um, but I feel like you need to watch, like, how have you not seen a Christmas story? I just, I'm I not just, American. That's true. And that's tragic. I'm, 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 is it though? I'm Australian and I'm British. So if there's a classic British movie that I haven't seen, I need to watch that first. Um, all of your ones revolve around um, Americana around Christmas uh, or the American experience of Christmas, which is why I haven't seen any of them. Imagine that American having a favorite Christmas list that have Americana at Christmas time. I'm shocked. But what I'm saying is that there's the reason that I (laughs) haven't seen all these classic American Christmas movies because I'm not American, but I will. I'll see, I'll see Christmas in Connecticut. That one looks like more like my vibe. As excuses go, that's one of them. It certainly not the, is an excuse that exists. <laughs> it's not. It's not the worst excuse. I'll let it go. <laughs> all right. Besides, I will uh, watch it because I've seen all the others. Um, I, I'll watch both of them. Uh, I'll watch uh, Christmas in Connecticut first. Okay. Do you were you able to get a Bishop's Wife or the Bishop's Wife? Because that's no, that's on DVD. If, if oh, I yeah, could my... get the Bishop's Wife, I would have done that first. Because David Niven's British, and well, there's also Cary Grant. Mm, because Cary Grant's in it. Oh, because Cary Grant's in it. Okay, gotcha. Uh, um, so, yeah, that was fun. Um, so, okay, I will also I'll include another little bit about the um, Christmas in Connecticut that you will probably like. Um, the fact that, because you're, you're a fan of, like, woke culture, um, the <laughs> fact that in the 1940s, a single woman is living on her own, taking care of herself and doesn't know how to cook. And she's perfectly fine with that. And then there's a man who comes along and is like, Hey, you need to be married. You should marry me. And she was like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) I do like that. It's fun. And so, and that that happens like throughout the movie, he's like, come on, marry me. And she's like, yeah, I'm no, it's not going to happen. That's nope. Mm -mm." (laughs) And other people like other men are in the movie going, dude, Leave her alone. She doesn't want to marry you. <laughs> so That is fun. Yeah. 
you would probably like that aspect of it. Um, Cause this actually like, it's interesting that we kind of forget, but the whole like women needing to get married to be considered acceptable in society and like have kids and know how to cook and all that, that actually was backlash from after world war two, because during world war two, you know, when the men had to leave women took over because men, the men were gone. Somebody has to do the jobs and women can't sit at home and not have money. So they had to go to work. So it was acceptable for women to have jobs. And it was like, there are movies in the forties where women are judges. So, and it wasn't until like in the backlash from that, because what happened was the men came back from war and women were like, why should I give you life? Like, why should I step aside and be subservient to you when I can work just as well? Like the answer to that was the whole, a woman's place is at home. So movies from the 40s are actually more progressive than movies from the 60s. Everyone thinks that it's like a like going in a straight line, but it's really like ups and downs depending on what yeah, um, society is yeah, like. Because the whole, yeah, the whole like women, be, women getting married and pregnant and like that's a woman's worth, that was a, an answer to, that was like a backlash to women being so involved in society that they were like why should we go home no like i can work just as well as you um sitcoms came around around the 50s on a Saturday, yes maybe before then um and the the two in, most interesting ones is uh bewitched and the adams family because in bewitched the um samantha is like i want to be a housewife and do all the housewife stuff and her entire family is like no that's really stupid. This Didn't guy's an idiot. The 70s? No, that was the sixties. Maybe, no. but it was it was around for like ten years. So I'm so it probably was still around in the seventies. But it started in the sixties, uh, and then then for like at least the first three seasons, her entire family is like, this guy's a fucking moron, and I hate <laughs> him, and you need to do better. Her father came in uh, around season four or five, and he's like, really, this twat. So the whole thing is like she's a housewife, but she has, but her and her entire family have all the power. Yeah. And um, in the Adams family, it, they're they're just equals, and they're weird, and but they love each other, and that's the joke. Because in like tons of sitcoms, the couple hates each other. So the joke of the Adams family is that they love each other, and that's it. And they're also like weird. Because isn't it weird to have a loving um, couple? Uh, so I like I like both of them. I prefer the Adams family, though. Of course, because you just love things that are weird. I do, I do. <laughs> I am. I read about it. It's fun. Also, um, the Adams. We didn't do best Thanksgiving movies because fuck Thanksgiving, apparently. Um, but the best Thanksgiving movie is um, is the Adams family values where Wednesday Adams basically calls out how much bullshit um, Thanksgiving is and then murders them. Uh-huh. Um, for me, the best Thanksgiving movie is um, Home for the Holidays. It's, uh, it actually has Robert Downey Jr. in it. Cool. I'll check it out. Um, so, yeah. I, all of this uh, talk about Christmas and Americana and all that other fun family stuff has made me want to listen to christmas carols oh well, there you go it's it's christmasy also um, um i 
wanted to also uh, put in um, Meet Me in St. Louis, I think. As, your, as an honorable mention? Yeah, as an honorable mention because, uh, A, it's got Judy Garland in it because obviously I'm going to mention that. Um, and it has all the Americana stuff and it started the trope. It started a trope that I hate, but it did it well where the, um, the male character, usually dad, um, has, is like a workaholic, but also is just doing a job and it's like can't spend time with his family because he's doing a job. And the reason that it sucks is because if men work or if uh, in some cases, if the mother works, it's bad because they're supporting their family, which sucks and always sucks. But the reason this works, it worked to make me in St. Louis, is because he's already got a good job, an entire family, an entire support network. So he doesn't need this other job. We'll have to move away from St. Louis. And it's all about how important like the entire village is to uh, this family. So it works there, doesn't work anywhere else. Because fuck that. Anyway. <laughs> I, could, I could go on forever. <laughs> um, did you ever actually watch Love Actually? Because you said you wanted to. I wanted to. I didn't yet. Okay. Just wondering. Um, okay. So for me, my honorable mentions, um, it happened on Fifth Avenue, another classic movie. And when I say classic, so there are two ways that I mean classic. One classic in that, like, it's uh, in, in the, the traditional sense of classic, meaning like it's something that is like time honored. The other way I mean classic is in like classic movie, as in like it happened in the 1940s or 50s. Um, it happened in Fifth Avenue is like classic in the sense that it like was a 1940s movie. Um, it's cool because it's kind of like a, a mistaken identity take at Christmas. Um, it de deals with like the haves and have nots. Um, basically, this family that is super rich that all well they're they're super wealthy they always go to their like summer home like they're, they're not summer home but like they have a um a christmas home that they go to and um this year they're like the mom and the dad are separating they're they're contemplating getting a divorce but they're just like done like the mom is done with him um because the dad is like a cold-hearted businessman and they have a daughter who has decided to marry this guy who is a nobody who is trying to get a, a, a foot in the business world, but it's not working. And if it doesn't work out, he's going to end up being homeless. But he loves their daughter and he has no idea that she is an heiress. He thinks she's an average person like him. And um, he ends up actually becoming homeless and he ends up staying with this guy who um, is like a lovable tramp because he goes from... <laughs> He knows the schedule of this family. So when they go from house to house, he goes from house to house with them. So like when they leave their winter house and go to their like vacation house, he moves into their winter house. And then he moves out of their winter house right before they come back and goes to like the next families, the next, like the next wealthy family that moves. And so he's homeless but he stays in these like super wealthy people's houses because they're abandoned while they're not there and they don't keep staff or anything because they're, they're not there. And the staff comes back like a week before the family does to clean up and prepare for the family. But during the rest of that time, like for six months of the year, that house is empty. 
So, or like three months, I think. So like during that three months, he lives there. And, um, and he's got like the schedule down and he's like, look, we can stay here and we can eat their food and we can even wear their clothes. But when we're done, we put everything back and we leave it, you know, aside from eating the food, we leave it as it was. Like we don't, we don't steal from these people. Like, yeah, he wears their clothes while they're there. Cause again, he's homeless. But then when he leaves, he puts those clothes back and then he just goes to the next house and does it again. And um, so he's kind of, he's stealing a house, but he's not really stealing. Like he doesn't steal their stuff. You know, he leaves their stuff there. Uh, he just uses it, basically he uses it while they're not using it. And, um, and then the fam, the, the mom, the wealthy mom and dad end up kind of being caught up in the situation and they end up staying in their own, they come back early. Well, the dad comes back um, and ends up staying in their own home, pretending to be poor and homeless, living with this group of people. Cause by the end, like they more people end up staying. And the next thing you know, there's like a whole house full of people living in this house. Three of them are the actual owners of the house, but nobody else knows that. And they all <laughs> pretend like poor. And again, hijinks ensue and it's hilarious. And, um, and there's, you know, there are plots along with the son-in-law who, well, he's not, he is not son-in-law yet, but he wants to marry her. Um, but the father is like, you can't marry him. He's poor. And the mother is like, fuck off, let her marry whoever she wants. And that's just furthering the divide. They were already going to be separated. They were already separated. Um, I think the mom lived in her own house somewhere and the dad was living there. And then he was the one who left, but then because of business, he decided to come back. And so, and when he comes back, the daughter is already there. And the daughter is like, how about this? If you tell them who you are and you bust this up, I'll never speak to you again in my life. And you can forget giving me, leaving me money because I don't give a shit. And so in order to keep his family, the father goes along with it very reluctantly. But of course, by the end, he, you know, softens up and blah, blah, blah. But it's a cute little story. Um, and not a lot Sounds of people have awesome. heard of it. Yeah. Um, so it's called It Happened on Fifth Avenue. It's fun. It's like a heartfelt tale, and um, and it's a Christmassy movie because well, it, yeah, because it like the whole turn very much like the whole you know the story of Ebenezer Scrooge. The whole turn happens you know because it's the holidays, so it's neat. Um, my next honorable mention is a goofball movie. It is totally dorky, and that's why I love it. It's called All I Want for Christmas. Okay, and. Um, it came out when I was a teenager. I don't remember exactly the year, um, but I, I don't, I don't know. So if, if you ever watch the movie, the He's main character- upside down. Oh my god, yeah. this poster! Oh, you're He's looking at the poster. Down, tied up with tinsel. The little girl's holding a freaking list. Did they kidnap the real Santa Claus, or is this a guy in a suit? No, it's just the that's just the poster for the movie. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So when that movie came out, so you see the boy on the cover. Uh-huh. His name is Ethan. His character name is Ethan, and his the actor's name is actually Ethan as well. Um, I am Ethan's age, so that's how old I was when this movie came out. Um, okay. And I love the little girl Hallie. She is adorable and hilarious. Think of like grown-up sarcastic me, but in the cute little package of her. That's oh, this. Can't wait. It is hilarious, and um. They, the reason why Santa is, is tied in tinsel and held upside down is because she goes and asks Santa 
for essentially the impossible. She, her parents have just separated. Well, they separated for like a year and, um, but they're, they still love each other, but they just, they disagree enough that they decided to get a divorce. And she asked Santa to reunite her family. And then her older brother, Ethan, decides to come up with a plan to make it happen. And then again, hijinks ensue. I love movies with the hijinks. They're awesome. They're always uh, ensuing. They always ensue. And so hijinks ensue, and it's cute, and it's funny. And Santa is real because he made it happen, even though it was technically her older brother's plan. But um, it's a cute movie, and it's funny, and it's dorky, and I like it. Good. Yeah. That's fun. The yeah. uh, Christmas movies are a time to let loose and be like, I like weird, fun stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I had like a separate list that was like adultish movies because like all of these are like either classics or they're like goofy like kid movies like All I Want for Christmas. Um, and I had a, a version of like, because like there are movies that are Christmas movies that I like, but they're adult versions. You know what, what you I think mean? think of It's a Wonderful Life. It's a classic movie, and I liked it as a kid-ish. But it's also depressing. It's very sad. And I'm like, I, I don't want to be sad at Christmas. Look at, all the, look at all the goofy movies I'm watching. Exactly. That's why it's not on my list. Because it's he's too... He's by that town. He is. Because, like, even though he's, you know, at the end he doesn't kill himself, and, oh, he remembers, and he gets his life back, and blah, 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 and, yeah, isn't it n- nifty? His life is horribly depressing, and there's a reason he wanted to commit suicide. That's not fixed at the end. No, plus, um, what's-his-face got away with it? What he wanted to do in his life. And I just can't not remember that. So I don't necessarily want to watch that depression fest over and over again every year. You know, over and over again at Christmas time. It's the most um, wonderful time. Oh, my God, it's so sad. It really is. I like my Christmas movies to be like, Happy, happy, joy, joy, you know? Yeah, hopeful. They can have depressing themes. Like, All I Want for Christmas is about a family that's split up, and they want to get back together. But it's it's happy, happy, joy, joy, because they get back together. And at Um, the end, they feel better, you know? But it's a wonderful life. Really, the only redemption is the fact that the town came together to save them, and it's like, oh, see... You shouldn't kill yourself because without you, the world would actually be worse. Yeah, you are only useful because you're useful. We only like you because you're useful. If you weren't useful, we wouldn't care. That's why I don't, that's not in my favorites list. Um, Yeah, no, that's not, I wouldn't put that in my favorites list. Um, The adult movies that I saw were, like, the, the most adult movie is... Very Harold and Kumar Christmas. I say that because you literally see a penis. So, <laughs> and there's drug use. There's a baby cracked out. Like, there, like there's a coked up baby. It's hilarious. Um, wow. Like, there's a guy, like, Neil Patrick Harris is gay, but he's, he's actually just pretending to be gay so that he can, like, get a bunch of women, and then it backfires on him. <laughs> so, and he, like, he ends up, like, basically being hit with sexual harassment. Um, and, I mean, and it's just it's yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, and then Saving Christmas is dumb, but also kind of cute because it's like, oh, he united the family that was totally going to break up without his involvement at all, anyway. Um, <laughs> and then this Christmas, which is about a family in LA 
who has been separated through their own lives and they come together and some shit goes down, but then, you know, they all end up coming back together and they celebrate Christmas. They enjoy Christmas together. Um, Scrooge. Oh, Scrooge. I, I, I think means... You haven't seen it? No, I saw, um, I've seen tons of versions of Christmas Carol. Which, by the way, best version of Christmas Carol is Muppets. Um, then the, there's a movie from like uh, the silent era. I think it was 1914 or 19. I don't I don't know when it was, but it was called The Phantom Carriage, which is essentially the same premise as the same setup as uh, Christmas Carol, but with the Grim Reaper. And the Grim Reaper is um, basically the last person to die last year has to spend. Uh, if they ha- are uh, live in sin, they have to spend a year as the Grim Reaper as um, payment. And each each day feels like a hundred years, so it's a long time for them. And um, it's basically his best fr- his friend who died last year is now the Grim Reaper, and he it's, he takes him on the um, on a Christmas Carol journey through your life type setup. Where it's like, look at all these people your uh, your cynicism and um, selfishness ruined, and he learns his lesson and at the at the end and is happier. But yeah, that that movie is weird. Uh, so that's my that's a, a interesting version of Christmas Carol. But what about Scrooge? Scrooge is um, it stars Bill Murray, and it is hilarious. Um, it's the same. It's the exact same premise of, you know, of the, the um, Christmas Carol. Um, but through the eyes of a TV executive, uh, Bill Murray, and the ghost he's visited by, the first ghost he's visited by is his boss and mentor. And he's a total dick. And it's, it's, it's a, like, not the boss, well, the boss is too. But Bill Murray throughout the movie is a total dick. And then the best part is um, Carol Kane, who... Remember the Princess Bride? Uh-huh. The, the woman who played the witch? Or not the witch, sorry. I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. <laughs> exactly. Her. She is, a, is the second ghost who visits him. She's a fairy, and she abuses the shit out of him, and it's hilarious. That sounds <laughs> like, fun. She, like, grabs his tie. Like, oh, there's so many things. And, um, and he's, like, he's totally getting, like, abused by a ghost, by the way. So, like, if anybody was to see him, they would think that he's just like kind of drunk and acting crazy because you can't see her. Nobody else can see her, only him. And um, and she forces him to go back and relive his life. And they take they change it to they make it to like a nineties um, like a nineties version. So you know instead of him being a banker, he's a a, a TV exec. And um, instead of there being like Tiny Tim, it's actually just his younger brother and. Um, there's a homeless shelter where an old homeless man dies at the homeless shelter. I mean, he dies because he's, he's died, not at the homeless shelter, but um, he's frozen. Uh, he, he dies from being frozen um, from being out in the cold in New York on Christmas Eve, you know, without having any place to go. And, um, and so there's like all these things happen and he has to go back and live, relive his past and you see why he became such, you know, the ass that he did. Same story of Christmas, uh, Christmas Carol. And then the Grim Reaper is like a TV 
And at first, when he sees the Grim Reaper, he thinks it's the Grim, when he sees the real Grim Reaper, he thinks it's the Grim Reaper from his TV show, because there, he's a TV exec. He is overseeing the a live production of The Christmas Carol. Oh, so that's he is, funny. So he, real ghosts are visiting him, and he's being a sarcastic ass to real ghosts because he thinks this is bullshit, while at the same time, he's seeing, like, the production. This is how much of an asshole he is. They were, during the production, one of the, um, the team members comes up to him and is like, hey, we need to figure out something else for, um, for the reindeer because, like, we were supposed to put antlers on these mice, but they're not staying. And he's like, staple them. And they're like, these are live mice. And he's like, yeah, what's the problem? Like, he's such an asshole. So um, he's on the elevator, and he sees what he thinks is the production version, like their, um, their version of the Grim Reaper. And he's like, you know, making comments and everything. But the Grim Reaper is real and drags him to his death. And he ends up being in the coffin because instead, instead of being buried, he gets cremated because nobody cared about him. So he, all his wealth and money, like, isn't going to save him from being cremated. And he ends up in the coffin with the fires going and he can't escape. Oh, that sounds horrifying. Yeah. And that's what changes him. <laughs> um, and then he ends up, like changing so the tiny tim in this story is his um a woman that works for him who remember he's like a billionaire well he's a multimillionaire, and there's a woman who works for him she's like a secretary and she can barely pay for her family she can't even afford a christmas tree so the tiny tim in the story is her youngest son who never spoke a word um he's watched his father get murdered and he stopped speaking and he hasn't spoken oh, since wow. he was like he's like eight years old, and he hasn't spoken since he was like four. And they just thought he couldn't speak. And um, and her, her other children like decorate him as their Christmas tree because they're too poor to afford. <laughs> even though she works for a multimillionaire, and um, and so of course he's taken to her house during the ghost visits to see how she lives. And um, he, of course, he's taken by Carol Kane, who beats the shit out of him while he's there. <laughs> and, uh, but she does it like she doesn't like, like she does it in a slapstick way. So she like has him look. She like will grab him by the tie and pull his head down, and she'll be like, "Look at this toaster!" And then she'll like ram the toaster up. <laughs> so, so she doesn't like like she doesn't like hit him or punch him. Well, she does hit him. But, like, when she hits him, she just, like, slaps him. But she doesn't, like, beat him like that. She, like, she beats him in, like, a hilarious way. Like, she'll just be like, okay, we're going to the next scene, or, like, to the next part of your life. But then she will, like, physically make him hit stuff as they go through walls. <laughs> she can clearly make the walls, like, impermanent, but she'll have him, like, hit shit on purpose. So it's hilarious. Because she's just like, you're an asshole, so fuck you. So she's just, like, a dick to him. So, so it's funny. Like it's it is tragic and heartfelt, but it's funny at the same time. And then at the very end of the movie, after he's redeemed, the little boy walks up to him and like tugs on his coat, and he looks down at him, and the boy says "Merry Christmas," and then everybody's like, "Oh, <laughs> so hooray!" Yeah, it's a good story. It's fun. Um, have you seen Joy Noel? Yeah, we talked about it already. Remember? Um, not today, do we? Didn't maybe we talked yeah. about it in world movies? We did. Um, but yeah. That that movie is also a great Christmas movie as well as being a great war movie. Um, I I didn't put it on the list because we talked about it during war movie. Indeed. Um, but that's a great Christmas movie as well. Um, they changed the tr- how soldiers were trained in order to avoid that from happening again. 
so it's it just is it's a great movie and it's um it, it shows i don't know it, it feels like it's made up it feels like a soap opera plot and yeah but it's based on a story yeah it shouldn't it feels like it's not true but because it's just so good um but i i really like this yeah that's good do you have any others uh, um yeah for the adult ones i would say um the night before it's a fun movie with um um anthony crap i can't remember his last name anthony mackie um fucking from marvel um seth rogan and um what's his name um the kid from third rock from the sun uh joseph gordon levitt him that's the one <laughs> um yeah it's a, a tale about like the three of them on the last christmas outing they're gonna have so they ever since they were kids they had um they spent christmas together they spent Christmas Eve together, even though Seth Rogen's character is Jewish. They, um, because Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character was an, was orphaned on Christmas Eve, I want to think, I want to say, uh, or no, he was orphaned and like couldn't really enjoy the holidays because everybody else would like go home to their parents. His two friends were like, "We got you," and they had a tradition of hanging out, acting stupid, and just enjoying themselves on Christmas Eve to keep him from feeling lonely. And um, this year, Anthony Mackie is a star football player and Seth Rogen is um, married and his wife is pregnant. So this has to be the last year that they do that. And hijinks ensue. So many hijinks. So many hijinks. As they do in almost every movie that I like, hijinks ensue. And, um, And it's funny and it's stupid and it's hilarious because you have like... Seth Rogen sitting through Catholic mass, completely messing it up because, of course, he's Jewish and he has no idea what's going on. Um, and oh, and he's sitting through mass completely high because right before, <laughs> he, of course, he is because he's Seth Rogen. Well, not Seth high Rogen is, movie. He's not high on pot. He's high on mushrooms. Either way, his wife gave him a little box. She's like, "Here's your Christmas present." enjoy with the boys and the box was like literally every drug ever and they do them all so there you go um and then the last one is office christmas party just because it's it's goofy and stupid but also funny so yeah i mean that's fair um there's a great christmas horror movie called krampus you know i haven't seen that i've wanted but every time, every time I wanted to go see it in the theater, something came up and I couldn't. And then the next thing I know, it's gone. And now it's out. It's on Hulu. And it's in my list of movies to see on Hulu. But I have to finish watching Marvel's Runaways first. Because that just came out and I'm two episodes in. So I got to finish that. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Krampus is great. It's um, basically uh, the myth of Krampus is that you have Santa Claus. He gives all the... Um, good kids uh, presents and stuff and uh, Krampus follows him around like a little gremlin and is um, kidnaps um, naughty children and this is a story of a terrible family that Krampus is hunting. Uh, it's great. It's, it's really fun. Does he get them? Well, you'll have to watch the movie to find out. Ah, oh, well, balls. <laughs> 
spoiled um, it for you. <sighs> By the um, way, my room and my house is decorated very, very Christmassy. I've got Christmas oh all. Um, there's also all the, these aren't movies, but all the Doctor Who Christmas specials. I watched Doctor Who ever since it came back in 2005, and I, I love little all Christmas. So. That's fair enough. I've seen all of them. Uh, they did a Christmas Carol. That was they that's did. my. Fa- they did, yeah, they did, they did a Christmas Carol. It's called Doctor Who: A Christmas Carol, and what it is is that the Doctor. <laughs> has a time machine. So he's like, hey, you know that story, A Christmas Carol? Let's do that to this guy, because he's a dick. So they basically do A Christmas Carol on purpose because he has a time machine. So there's a, another character that they they intentionally do, are they intentionally become the ghost of yeah. past and future to uh-huh. fuck with somebody to change them. But then that brings up the whole time paradox. If you can travel to the future- oh, Here's the thing about the- Doctor Who. Don't uh-huh. think about it too hard. It's fine. <laughs> who cares? And you're like, don't even finish that question. <laughs> Let it Doctor go. Doctor Who does not give a shit about time paradoxes <laughs> unless it's convenient to the plot of that episode. Gotcha. Because, like, that's an inevitable, like, immediately as you say that, I'm like, that immediately creates a time paradox. Because if you go to the future and if you can, if you can show someone how they die and the horrible circumstances under which they die, and then oh. you put them... Okay, so I'm going to spoil this for you, right? So the way the, t- the past works is that the Doctor goes back in time and changes his memories um, by taking him on adventures every Christmas from, like, the time he's a kid to the time he's, like, 20-something. And then he turns into the cynical asshole after that for a different reason. Then, for the Ghost of Christmas present, he's basically a hologram in a ship that's crashing and he can save them but won't because he doesn't care and so he does that but for the ghost christmas future he's like i get what you're doing you can show my death you can show me dying old and alone i don't give a shit but what he did for the ghost of christmas future was he took him uh, the guy as a kid and brought him to the present and showed him his future and that's what changed it because he in the present is the ghost of his future but that doesn't he's still him though but he changes because shut up that's how we don't need to explain shit it's christmas or the weather is um fixed by someone singing we don't need to explain anything anyway that's my favorite uh doctor who christmas special situation so it was actually like it's not like he actually went to the future or actually went back to the past he was dreaming because all this happened at night, right? It happened when he went to sleep. So he was dreaming and his subconscious working some shit out going, hey, you're kind of a dick. Don't be a dick. Um, that makes sense. But to physically take someone to the past and the present and the future, and just, that gets complicated. There are paradoxes. Doctor Who does not give a shit about paradoxes unless it helps that episode. Well, there you go. It, do you know how many paradoxes there are? So many. There's even more times that they through. I'm gonna go with no. I do not. It's like um, they they're like, if we do this, it'll cause a paradox. And I'm like, you did that last week, and it didn't. And it didn't. Okay. Well, it doesn't. The Doctor Who does not care about paradoxes. No consistency. And yet, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, Doctor Who has been like that since the '60s. At some point, you're either gonna stop watching. Or you're, or you're going to be like, it's just, who cares? 
It's fun. It's for kids. Who cares? I love it. Yes, Doctor Who cares. Got there's, it. Um, there's a great one when uh, that they did in. Uh, let's see when it was. It was in Wait, 2006. Yeah, started in the 60s. Uh, Doctor Who started in 1963. Holy shit. Who started in the 2000s? Yeah, it started in 1963. That was the first Doctor. And then uh, and then William Hartnell was um, misremembering his lines. He got sicker. They couldn't continue the show. And then someone, someone was like, he's an alien. We just make shit up. We can just replace him and have him keep going. And the, so they invented um, regeneration so that you could have different actors play the doctor. There's a whole rabbit hole right there. You look, if I if we go into Doctor Who, we could. I know a <laughs> lot about it, but it'll take four hours. Well, I mean, it would just be you talking because I know nothing of Doctor Who. I've never seen an episode. That's fair. Um, <laughs> there's there's one called um, the Return of Mysterio of Doctor Mysterio, which is uh, their superhero one. Because it was two, it's 2016, and superheroes are big, so let's do a superhero one. Yeah, Mysterio is an actual Marvel character, so okay. But not Doctor Mysterio. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's got a PhD, so. It, <laughs> uh, it's not Mysterio, it's Superman. So this kid, because of an oh, adventure that... From both of them. So they're using the name for Marvel, but the character from DC. Got it. Yeah, pretty much. And um, my favorite, it is Superman. I want to point that I want that to be clear. It's Super Superman because, like, there's a Lois Lane character that he's uh, in love with. Uh, it's a whole thing. It's okay. great. I love Doctor Who, and everyone and other people like it. Doesn't make any sense, and the time travel is rubbish, and everything is just weird. And I'm like, yeah, but also it's great. So shush. I've literally never heard anybody say that it doesn't make any sense and the time travel is weird. Everybody that I know that watches Doctor Who is like, you have to see it. You're a nerd and you haven't watched Doctor Who. How have you not watched Doctor Who? You've got You're American. Who? This is British. This is British nerd. Well, no, it's also American nerds because the nerds that I know are mostly American. They, um, um, they wanted to be more popular in the U.S. So in 2010, I want to say, they had um, a few episodes uh, that took place in America. How'd that go? Uh, very well. There's BBC America, and you've, you've seen it for yourself. There's American nerds that love Doctor Who. <laughs> but yeah, it's a whole rabbit hole. There is 13, 14, 13, uh, a lot of actors who have played the Doctor. <laughs> it broke you. Uh, there's at least 13. I'm pretty sure there's 14. There's definitely 13. No, there's 14. Because John Wait, Hurt are you playing... a very British accent right now. Are you saying 13 and 14 or 13 and 14? Uh, okay, so there's 14. 14, I as think. in one four. Yes. <laughs> so there's uh, March, uh, John Hurt played uh, the Doctor uh, uh, during a special where they went back to the Time War. That was the new Doctor Who movie. Okay, uh, so he we're played going down a whole Doctor Who rabbit hole. Look, look. I, I, can't, I can't do this without, without overdoing it. So basically, Christmas I, I rules and Doctor Who is something that you need to, that if you're going to go in to like dip your toe in and be like, I don't need to think about lore or anything else, it's fine. I just, I'm just going to watch this episode and like be fine. 
And then okay, so here's the question. Knowing how I see things as oh, coming hate it. everything from a story You'll angle. Hate it. You'll hate it. Oh. You'll hate it so much. I just want you to know that Doctor Who is definitely not for you. Because they're... Because so you me in one in one breath you say you gotta watch it and then immediately go you like, yeah you'll hate it <laughs> you oh, you'll definitely hate it I just remembered who I was talking to you care about story a lot I do Doctor Who I does do. not care about story they care about characters and all yeah, these you're telling yeah. me this you're constant like everything you're saying is like oh story's crap but it's awesome you gotta watch it's like, not little- crap it's just not consistent the time travel isn't consistent like like. Uh, 20 episodes ago, we said that this happened, but now we're changing it to making this happen because we want to tell a different time travel story. And uh, and no one remembers that they get invaded by aliens like every Christmas. Okay. There's, there's a great um. There's, there's a great episode, There's a great episode where the Christmas special, which takes place on the Titanic, uh, which is in space, the space Titanic. It's a t- Titanic version in space. You know exactly how it goes. It's got a crash, etc. Wait, uh, wait. So what? they base they base a spaceship on Titanic what I don't you can't there's water you can't how that doesn't make any sense they, they get, get hit by asteroids and it's about to explode and but it's it, got to crash into the earth unless the doctor saves them but, uh, okay because the whole thing don't worry about it it was avoidable because when they saw the iceberg they tried to veer away, and that's what damaged the ship. Had they gone straight for it, they would have just crashed on it, and then they could have backed off and then kept yeah, going. In this one, the Titanic is created because they're like, it's a famous ship from Earth. You know Earth? That place that no one visits unless they so, want to avoid it, unless they so want to invade where, it. Where so, are they from? Um, other planets. Oh, so, that's, I mean, obviously, I should have. There's a bunch of aliens. There's an Earth expert. There's an Earth expert um, that's from another planet, knows nothing about Earth. Um, his, his, oh, joke yes. about, his story about Santa Claus is fucking hilarious. But the, the, the point is that... What's the story about Doctor, Santa Claus? Oh, my God. Okay, so uh, according to him, Santa Claus uh, has giant claws that he uses to um, serve... Uh, so basically, um, there's a war, uh, a Christmas war, and because of the Christmas war, um, they ate what? people from Turkey. Wait, this is his story. He made it up. He has no idea what Earth is like. Oh, okay. Look, I feel like I'm. I think we I feel like we're in too deep. So we're just gonna back off. Yeah, because it's getting uh, weird. If you're not gonna watch. You're not gonna watch Doctor Who. I probably will because I like. Um, You've um, already seen. Them. Yeah, well, I'll watch them again. Okay. I, I also need to watch some of your ones. So, but until then, uh, we need. You had nowhere to go with that, did you? You had, yeah. you had no, you had no ending of that sentence. Nope. Yeah, saw that coming. Um, okay, so real quick, since we are from two different areas of the world, what is Christmas like in? Aussie land. What's Christmas hot. like down? It's hot. We it's... usually go to the beach. What uh, the sh- I wow. Okay. I go. To, I go to the beach. It's usually fucking hot. And um, so we go to the beach, uh, or the park, mainly the beach, and have a barbecue down there. Family gets wow. together and we cook um at the beach usually, and then go for a swim. Well, that just blew my mind. Um, 
Okay. Uh, damn. Um, okay? So, well, I mean, I like I live in Southern California, which is one of the warmest places in the United States, and I have a heater right now. I mean, it's not on. It's not on right now because it's only four thirty in the afternoon for me. So it's like average temperature. Like I could walk. I would in in Los Angeles in. Um, during the Christmas season, you could leave the house without wearing a jacket, but you must take one with you because <laughs> when you come home, it's going to be cold because the sun goes down around like it's four, it's about four thirty now. And the sun's going to go down in about four minutes. And really? sun doesn't gonna, go down here until like eight. Yeah. Cause you're on summertime. Uh-huh. It's winter for us. So the sun goes down. Like when it thinks about it, the sun's like, that's <laughs> daytime we're done and it just fucks off and when that happens the temperature goes "Ooh, we can get cold now and it gets what i call california cold because it like dips into the 60s and we're like "Ooh, that's cold and it'll even get into like the 50s and we're like oh damn and but like people other parts of the country they're like wait the 50s for breakfast and then like snows there and it gets like legitimately cold to where like the temperature is in the zero or below and I'm like, nope, all different kinds of nope. And it's cool to sing White Christmas, but if we're being realistic, like, we've got palm trees. And, like, I can still see the ocean. I'm not going near it because it's cold as fuck right now because the temperature in the water is probably going to be about 40 degrees during the warmth of the day. So, Do you know look, why snowing is. is associated with Christmas? Because I do. Snows at Christmas time in a large part of the country. Um, no. Well, maybe, but also, uh, also it's eighty. Ooh, no, it's not. It's, um, so uh, the reason that uh, everyone associates snow with Christmas is because of Charles Dickens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles Dickens um grew up in England, I think, in London, and. It doesn't usually snow on Christmas in London, but it did five years in a row when he was born. Uh So every year it snowed on Christmas when Charles Dickens was between the ages of like one and six. Uh Um, So that's why Charles Dickens always put snow into his, um, into his stories. Yes. And then coming from a U.S. perspective, if you live in, Pretty much anywhere except California and Florida. Well, Southern California. Northern California, it actually snows. If you live anywhere besides Southern California or Florida, it actually snows. So Christmas tends to be white. Mm-hmm. Also, it's 73 degrees today. You suck ass. Just so you know. Just, uh-huh. I, just so you know. 73 degrees. Um, it's, well, okay, again, it's not that. So right now, it's 430, 66 degrees. But when it get like later on, it's going to be 41 degrees because that's how we roll out here. 41 is 41 five degrees, degrees Celsius. God damn it. What? 41 is five degrees Celsius. That is yeah. not pleasant. Yeah. You think? Well, I mean, again, it's, I live in the, I live in the least, like I live in the most pleasant part of as far as temperature, as far as weather is concerned, I live in one of the most pleasant parts of the country right now. Because there are parts, like Denver, I went, to, visit, I went to, to Denver to visit some friends, 
And I was like, I went in like April and I was like, oh, this is awesome because the weather was perfect. It was exactly like it is in California. And then when I got like, cause I was uh, driving through, when I got home to California, my friends were like, oh yeah, it's snowing outside. And or like there's snow outside. And I'm like, it can't be snow. Cause it was like 75 degrees. Like when I was there, which was yesterday. And they were like, yeah, but this is Denver. And it goes like, <laughs> we'll have three or four days. She was like, you just so happened to have been here during the days when it was perfect weather. And then the next day the temperature dropped and then it snowed. And I'm like, that does like, I don't, it does not compute. It doesn't work. <laughs> reality and in texas i was staying with my sister the same thing one day it'll be like 75 degrees the next day it'll be 40 and i'm like what the shit what no like no and then the thing is like in the middle of the country it gets actually cold because they have a thing called wind chill which means the temperature will be 41 degrees but the wind chill will be such that it feels like it's actually only 12 degrees so it's at much colder 41 degrees than it is out here when it's 41 degrees. Because out here when it's 41 degrees, it's just 41 degrees. So it's cold. And we're like, damn it, put on some socks, grab a scarf, and turn on the heater. But we're not like, you're going to die if you don't come inside with a heater. <laughs> like, it's just inconvenient for us, really. Yeah, so that's why I don't live in other parts of the country. I have been there, done that, got the t-shirt, I'm out. I'm staying here. <laughs> So, um, okay, so you have summertime, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, what traditions do you do? Like, a, like, do you guys do gift giving or like, what's, what is a Christmas? Because you know what an American Christmas, lo- well, no, maybe not because you haven't seen any of the damn movies. You can find <laughs> out what an American Christmas movie looks, or what an American Christmas looks like by watching the movies. Um, it's essentially exactly the same, except that we um, don't wear jumpers. We don't give each other Christmas jumpers. Uh, and aside what are, from that, it's fine. Wait, what are Christmas jumpers? They're like Christmas sweaters, except poppier. Okay, when you say jumper, I'm picturing like like leotard or not leotards, but like um like overalls. Is that it's what you're Christmas talking sweaters? About? Oh, sweater. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I guess you so, wear. So we don't we don't wear, we don't give each other Christmas uh, sweaters. We give each other Christmas t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> we give each other Christmas swimsuits. <laughs> and so like you guys have santa claus and the whole tradition and all that yeah everyone came from, come to the board uh, the sleigh. yeah but like no one has no one has chimneys anymore old houses have chimneys but no one has chimneys anymore interesting so uh instead of like kids being kids being told that like they come down chimneys like kids know that but they're like everyone's like we don't have a chimney it's like don't worry we're gonna leave this key uh at the door so you can just come through the front door like a normal person um but yeah so that's so what does santa ride does he have a sleigh does he come on a oh. surfboard <laughs> so, so that's a song called uh six white boomers which is um an australian animal and the oh, sleigh has because wheels when you say six white boomers to an american i'm think picturing like six versions of joe biden <laughs> that's very funny um Hang on, I'm going to look up what an Australian boomer is so that I can... Yeah, that song like in, in, is very racist. <laughs> and ageist. That would be an ageist, racist song in the U.S. Just like, what was that? Oh, the African Queen. You saw the image for the African Queen. Oh, yeah, I saw like, that title. I'm like, that does not look good at all. It, that the looks African really bad. The name of the boat 
Ah, uh, well, that's much better. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure they're like kangaroos. A boomer? Yeah, it's essentially a kangaroo. It's a smaller version of kangaroo. So wait, does Santa use kangaroo to get around instead of yeah. reindeer? Hilarious. Fucking, yeah, it's great. They have it's like six white kangaroos that are um that hop around, and he um there's great art of Santa Claus wearing just um board shorts and sunglasses. Oh my god, he really does ride a surfboard. Uh huh. Oh my goodness, I have got to look this up because this is sounding hilarious. Uh, there's a song called Six White Boomers. Oh my gosh. Um, that you need to listen to and let me know what you think of it. Okie dokie. I, but yeah, there, there's a lot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show. I'm okay. When we finish this, I'm going to send you um, some Australian Christmas songs. This has got to be interesting. Share them to Twitter too, so people can sure hear. Sure. Um, uh, yeah. So, so yeah. what is Santa setup? Because obviously it's different. Um, does he have elves or anything, or like what do you guys? Oh yeah, he goes. He lives in the North Pole. That's true for everyone, right? Oh, but it's just like his sleigh has to have have wheels on it because we don't have snow um, in most places. Wow, so you guys just modified the tail. So it's the same tail, but modified for your landscape. It's like, it, I think it's just a series of joke songs. Oh, okay. Um, and one, the most famous being Six Five Boomers. And um, after that, we had, and everyone just did funny art of Santa Claus trying to cope with the heat. <laughs> okay. It's this great. Sounds- oh. I'll, I'll send you some songs after this. So, um, anything else that we need to cover? <laughs> no, Those- I'm just interested in seeing Santa being led by kangaroo. So do the reindeer, like, get a vacation when he comes to, uh, to Australia? Like, how does that work? I mean, it wasn't specified in the song, but <laughs> okay. like, I'm guessing that they just wait in Canada. <laughs> okay. So, so what happens bad? What does Santa do out there? Um, I don't know, Cole. But, oh, it, okay. works, so- but it works better because it's fucking hot, so we don't even have cold to burn. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's- yeah. It's definitely interesting. I was interested because like, um, I live with a family that's Vietnamese and asked them what their Christmas tradition was. And they were like, we don't have one. I'm like, what? And they were like, yeah, we just celebrate basically Chinese New Year. So, yeah. So it's like, it's, I'm interested. But I know like in Japan, they celebrate Christmas. So we, didn't have, um, we didn't have Halloween traditions until like 10 years ago. Really? Yeah. Uh, people really don't celebrate Halloween because it's uh, it's just not part of our culture. But everyone likes the look of Halloween stuff from American television. So people have started to do Halloween decorations and Halloween parties and dressing up. Do you know how many kids trick or treat? Not a lot. There's not a lot of kids that trick or treat. And a lot of the, um, and a lot of adults are like, I don't even bother putting out candy because who cares? Wow. Yeah. Well, okay. Halloween, I know is like, the trick-or-treating aspect of Halloween started in the U.S. So that makes sense. But I thought that it would have, like, since you love Halloween so much, I thought that you guys had it for longer than just, like, a few years. I don't love Halloween. I just love horror movies. And horror mo- and Halloween is a great time to talk about horror movies. Oh, okay. Other aspects of Halloween I don't really celebrate. Uh, it's just, like, horror movies. And um, 
horror movies and Hocus Pocus. Those two things. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we could go with, we, we'll go around in circles. We could talk about this all day. I can't. <laughs> um, so where can the people find us? Um, they, well, first, next week we talk our, we have two different lists, of course, yeah. because how we are my list is going to be my favorite movies from this year are you still doing your favorite movies like from all or just your favorite movies that you've seen this year um i'm not really committed to my favorite movies from this year i could do a best list of the decade that's what i'm saying like you were gonna you had two different lists you were thinking of doing you were gonna either do the decade which still i i say doesn't end this year or um or you were going to do like the favorite movies that you've seen, even though they're not necessarily movies that came out this year. Uh, yeah. You pick. I say stick with the not necessarily movies that came out this year. Your favorite movies okay. that you've seen for the first time this year. Regardless right, um, of. And I won't talk about the ones that we've already talked about. Okay. I th- well, your, your list can be, it's, a, it's a, a best of or your favorite. So it can be anything. It can be movies that we've already talked about. And you can just be like the, the explanation where the, the talk will be about why you put it on that list, like why you think it's better than other movies that you've seen. Um, for me, I'm going to do a top 10 movies of the year for me so far. Sadly, I have not seen a lot of movies this year because I've been like stupid busy, but I have seen like all of the mainstream ones. Like I saw Jojo Rabbit, Endgame, blah, 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 blah. So, um, and the opposite. Uh, I've seen, I've seen, um, like some indie movies and some stuff on Netflix, but like I've only seen a few mainstream ones. Yeah, I've missed most of the Netflix stuff. Well, not missed it because it's still on Netflix, but like a lot of the little movies that people talk about, I haven't seen them, but I've seen all the big ones and all the big theatrical releases. So I'll have my, my favorite slash best of, I'm not sure which one, but um, you can see us on all the things on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, you're talking to Daniel. If you're on Facebook, you're talking to me. You're on Instagram. Well, if you're on Instagram, you're talking to me. On Facebook, you could be talking to either of us. And we are Cinema, the Cinematic Adventures Podcast or Cinematic Adventures Pod. And the links will be in the description. I'm JP. They're always in the description. Mm-hmm. I am I'm, from the future. And you don't make a weird prediction because that was just freaking weird. Oh last yeah. Time. So so last time I made the prediction that it would uh, rain, uh, and you're like, it's it never rains, and then it rained, and I was so fucking smug the entire day. I'm like, I live in Los Angeles, and it was like in November. I'm like, it doesn't rain in November, and then it freaking rained, <laughs> like, and there was no. It was like 80 degrees outside sunny there's no signs of rain and then like that night it rained and it like <laughs> rained the next day I'm so like are you fucking kidding me right now <laughs> so that's so smug you weirdo <laughs> until next time merry christmas and happy hanukkah kwanzaa all the holidays enjoy them even though you have to deal with your family <laughs>